Hey, Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by PointsBet. Use the promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to 2000 bucks. It's a Monday. I'm Luke Stuckmeyer, Cody Del Mendo's here, Ryan Herrera, and in just a few minutes, the Cubs director of morale, Dom Frederick, with a guest appearance on the podcast. Let's get right to it. A uh, lot happened over the weekend, but I want to talk about, first of all, Patrick Wisdom, guys. Two home runs. I was watching not all of that game on Sunday, and I thought, wait a minute. You know, we haven't talked a lot about Patrick Wisdom going into this, and I think a lot of people were torn in the offseason wondering which Patrick Wisdom would show up this year. But if he's the guy that shows that power and can make a little more contact, all of a sudden you've got something that's going to really be a big boost for your season. I thought it was a great thing to see in a spring training game, even though it's just Cactus League. Yeah, I mean, he'd really been struggling, honestly, uh, up until those two home runs. So, you know, I'm not someone who takes spring training, like, numbers as, like, yeah. a as a major thing. But, um, you know, it's always good to see. And, you know, a lot of people are out on him uh, because he really struggled to adjust to how the league adjusted to him towards the end of the year last year. So, uh, I know the big thing that he's struggled with is that high fastball. So, you know, it's going to be interesting interesting to see how he approaches that going into uh, the first month and a half here. Yeah, I mean, he had that first, like, two months where he was, like, awesome last year and, like, greatest hitter on the planet, all that stuff. And then, <laughs> obviously, he struggled to end the year. And, like, he's mentioned the high fastball and stuff. I mean, he, like, again, we've talked about it. Spring training, the, like, result doesn't matter. It's the process. Um, and I'm not going to act like I watched every one of Patrick Wisdom's at bats, but you, I mean, if he's the progress you want to show or you want him to show in those at bats, like, is he still cutting at every high fastball that gets thrown his way? Is there, you know, is he, is he, is he having a better eye, like not doing that? I, I again, haven't watched every one of his at bats, but um, that's what you hope for. That's what Cubs fans are hoping for. That's what Cubs, them, like, you know, David Ross and them are hoping for that Patrick Wisdom, you know, he's, done the work in the off season and hopefully these first couple of weeks of spring training that he's looking and he's like, yeah, like the high fastball, I can, I can lay off that. I, I'm not going to swing at every single one. Cause that's what ultimately like really hurt him last year. Right. I mean, every player that makes it in the majors has to go through a period of adjusting and then readjusting and then adjusting again. That's just what the game is, Yeah, you know? So we'll see if an off season of private workouts helped. I mean, it is one of those situations where I wish he had an off season with the franchise and that he could be with uh, coaches and, you know, work in Arizona and do all those things. I mean, obviously the lockout impacts some guys, but hopefully he's been able to figure it out and it continues here in the Cactus League and it'll continue when he gets to Wrigley Field for the, the start of the season because we assume he's going to be um, on the opening day roster for sure, if not in the starting lineup. Uh, another guy who's returning to the division much to the excitement of Cody Del Mendo, is one <laughs> Albert Pujols returning to the Cardinals. I'm so excited about it, Luke. I hope you can read it all over my face. It's got you amped up. I, uh, I am so excited. I can't wait to watch Cardinal Nation just eat up all of the Albert Pujols content <laughs> that oh, yeah. St. Louis will provide. I am so excited <laughs> for him and his buddies, Adam and Yachty, to get back together, get the gang back together. <laughs> I'm so excited. Did I say that I was excited? Yes. I mean, if you were any more excited, I'd walk up and slap you right in the face right now. <laughs> Please Cody. ratio us Cardinal Twitter. Yeah, there's, there's We've been ratioed. A... I, I don't really still know what that is, but I think we were ratioed yesterday when uh, we put out the poll, right? We put a poll out asking, uh, what are you most, which retirement tour are you most excited for? Is that what it is? Uh, yeah. The, the poll we put out today uh, was, are you, <laughs> are you excited to, uh, who is excited for the Pujols Molina Wainwright retirement tour? The options were nobody, absolutely no one, <laughs> boring St. Louis, all of the above. And uh, right now, 44% of the vote is going towards all of the above. So Yes. Well, that's appropriate. But yeah. Cardinals Twitter did find it. And, and yeah, Cardinals Twitter, uh, I don't like to give shout outs, but a big account uh, definitely found us. And uh, he sent his, his cult after us. <laughs> and uh, we... We, we we finally were able to teach Luke what being ratioed means. Sort of. Sort I'm of still that. not totally <laughs> aware of what everything did. Yeah, that's literally like the live example that like Luke when Luke was asking us like what is what does it mean to be ratioed? Like that's it. Like that's we could it. point right if we had this last week, we could point that to, like, was 
that was Chase a ratio. Cubs was ratio today. We're like seven eighteenths or something like that. Yeah, yeah, something like not, that. Not still not totally <laughs> sure on that whole thing. No. Uh, no. I mean, it's gonna, it's gonna be a, a lot of nostalgia down in St. Louis this year, just for those three: Pujols, Wainwright, and, and uh, Molina. I don't. Is, Molina's the one that said this is his last year, right? Like this is his retirement. Yeah, year. I mean Wainwright's forty. Like, he, he's gonna I, be forty-one, isn't he? I mean, like, I mean, I think you assume that's gonna be like, the, unless I'm like. I think the the likelier the likelihood is that all three retire this year. So it's like one big nostalgia tour. What's the likelihood that all three go injury free this season? Like almost zero, right? I mean, I mean those those three guys are almost as old as I am, yeah. and I walk around with Flexol four fifty four in my back pocket, and I don't play sports, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, come on. I heard that, they're on that, Athletic Greens though. I well, since I started taking AG1, I feel a hundred percent better. So I don't want to recommend that to Albert Pujols, but something he might want to look into. I just think it's if you're a Cubs fan and you're listening to this podcast, Albert Pujols signing with the Cardinals is no big deal. In fact, it might be a good thing. They've got three old dudes on their team, and the odds of at least two of them having a horrible season are pretty good. Yeah, because they're old, and that's what happens. That is what happens. I, you know, all of my, uh, all of my memes and my tweets and everything related to the entire situation has nothing to do with the players. It just has everything to do with their fan base and how they're going to eat this up, and it's just going to bother me for five months. Like <laughs> yeah. that's that's literally all it is. Like they, like, oh, I can't even explain it, Luke, Ryan. I, <laughs> I can't explain it. It's gonna it bother is, you. No, it is. Far and away going to bother me because all it's going to take opening day, mark it down, which uh, it would probably be Pujols first. He'll come up, he'll get his, he'll get like a, a, a five minute standing ovation that will feel like a 30 minute standing ovation. And then their fan base will go and, and, and tweet out and all this and self-proclaim themselves the best fans in baseball. Uh, because not only would, would they do that now because of this this guy coming back, but because that's what they've been doing my entire life is proclaiming themselves the best fans in baseball. And that the doing in doing all of that, they just look like some of the worst people in all of sports fandom. It it I don't know how else to really explain how annoying that's going to be for 162 games a year. <laughs> I, I is it Brendan or Brandon on the chat that's saying you know, Pujols is saying they want to. He wants to go into the hall with Yachty, and it's like, does he really think that Yachty's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer? That's what I was going to ask both of you because I remember we were talking about it earlier. The replies, and someone said something that I don't remember what the exact tweet was or the, the reply was, but just basically saying that all three are first ballot Hall of Famers. No, no, no. And Pujols a is a first ballot in a completely sure. objective way. Obviously, I know you both can be objective. What, like, what are the chances? <laughs> For either all three to be first ballot or just to be like eventually, elected. I think all three will get in. I just don't think that Yachty or Wainwright are first ballot. And the only reason I think Yachty will get in is because he's played forever. And like I said yeah, on Friday, he's like the Frank Gore of, of baseball. <laughs> like Frank Gore is going to get in the football hall of fame one day because he has. But the baseball Hall of Fame is hard to get into. Uh, that's yeah. true. But there's the, a lot of good players. But not they're in like, the hall as of we've fame. seen in recent years with the baseball hall of fame if you're good in with the writers if the writers like you they will let you in that's the reason david ortiz got in and he's got steroids on him meanwhile sammy sosa mark mcguire barry bonds didn't get in because apparently they were dicks i mean there's a lot of problems me, i have with the hall of fame sammy oh, sammy should be in the hall of fame pete rose frankly should be in the hall of fame i, I, I just don't get it. like i'm just i'm just stating like that the way that they do it there's a lot of hypocrisy behind it like all but of the national Sammy media. should be in the Hall of Fame. Barry Bond should be in the Hall of Fame. Roger Clemens should be in the Hall of Fame. Adam Wainwright, I don't know, maybe I don't care. Yeah, I again, I think the like I, I kind of agree. Like Pujols is no doubt a first ballot Hall of Fame, no doubt Hall of Famer. And if he isn't, like then something weird happened. If he isn't a first ballot Hall of Famer, Wainwright and Yadier and Molina, in my opinion, objectively, definitely are not. Obje <laughs> for, yeah, for definitely are not first ballot Hall of Famers. And I I think. We talk about Molina. You, you, you talk about Molina being over, but I think Molina has a better argument for the Hall of Fame than Adam Wainwright does. Really? Yeah, Agreed. Well, I mean, Yachty's a ten-time All Star, nine Gold Gloves, four Platinum Gloves. He got his own Silver Slug. I mean, he's a lot of accolades, and you know, at least you know the last few years his hitting's kind of gone down a little bit. But he's always still 
one of the better defensive catchers in the National League. I think that's you can argue that like he's still up there. Yeah. Adam Wainwright, I mean, he's got three All Stars. He was led the NL on wins twice, and then he has two thousand strikeouts. But hey, Ryan, I, I think, think the STLS uh, Cardinal show has a has room for oh, you if you're looking God. to join. Well, I'm just saying, I think Adam Molina has a better Hall of Fame argument than Adam Wainwright. I mean, I don't. Know I just that. feel like Adam Wainwright hasn't got enough credit over the years. Uh, you know what? I, this is my fault. We've talked way too much about the Cardinals <laughs> on a Cubs podcast. Like we've we've said enough. Okay, Pujols is coming back. We had when to address we let it. Dom and I'm interested to see what he says. Let's yeah, see. That's yeah, what I'm excited about. Let's yeah, let's, let's get the going. let's get to the director of morale so he can set us straight. Let's let's get this quick promo read out and and thank Points Bet for sponsoring us, and then we'll talk Cubs. There we go. Yeah. So uh, as Luke said. The best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. You'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. If you have any questions, email PointsBet at allCHGO.com and we'll help you. Remember that PointsBet is your home for live in-game betting. They even have a new exclusive feature, live college basketball same-game parlay. For the first time ever, build the perfect live same-game parlay only with PointsBet. Combine your favorite bets anytime during the game. You can even boost your live same-game parlays. And now, online sign-up is available in Illinois as well. You can actually download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone. And I say it every single time, guys. If Luke can do it, you <laughs> all can do it. Dom's listening. He can do it. <laughs> Um, so signing up with the fastest sports book is now easier than ever. So you can start living your bet life in seconds. Use code CHGO to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet, live your bet life with points, bet. Yeah, no problem. Call 1-800-522-4700. Hey, CHGO, we're doing these podcast live shows every day, every team. We got the post-game shows starting next Thursday, pre and post-game shows. Uh, premium written content for members at allchgo.com. That's where Ryan's stuff will be coming in. And, of course, you can find our dupe merch dupe. there as well. All kinds of great stuff coming out. Free shirt when you become a member and a members-only Discord. It's the CHGO Lounge. We appreciate your support. All right, here we go. The director of morale. We've been trying to get him on since we started up the podcast a few weeks ago. Dom Frederick, can you hear us? Yes, I can hear you, and I thank God you're bringing me on before you went any further with that conversation about Yachty and the Hall of Fame and this total boondoggle that's happening right before our eyes. I hope you can hear me. <laughs> oh, we got you. We, we, we got, got you. you. This um, is a joke. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. I mean, I, we, we spent way too much time talking about the guy. Like, he doesn't even deserve our attention at this point. No, I want to keep talking about it because it's that oh. big of a joke. What's happening right now? The fix is totally in with Albert Pools and Yadier, oh, most overrated athlete of all time, Molina. <laughs> it's a joke. You guys touched on it perfectly. This is a play by Albert and Yadi to try to get in to the Hall of Fame on the first ballot. Yadi's riding the coattails of one of the greatest right-handed hitters of all time, riding the coattails like he did in 2006 when he was absolutely abysmal. For that World Series run, people don't talk about that enough. Um, it's a joke. This is Yachty's textbook plan. It's always been this way. It's why he every single year he's going to com complain about not getting the gold glove because he feels entitled to do so, just like he feels entitled to be a first ballot Hall of Famer when he doesn't deserve it. And a couple months ago, he had a lower career war than Jason Kendall. It's a joke. <laughs> the fix is in. The fixes. You, you don't think see, so? You're oh, saying you man. don't think Jason Kendall's a first ballot Hall of Famer? It's absolutely disrespectful that we have the same conversation about Yogi Berra, Johnny Bench, all the great catchers at the same time when Yadier Molina can't even have a higher career war than Jason Kendall. <laughs> Cub for life, by the way. Jason Kendall. Uh, you Anyways, can see, it's you a can joke. see, it's a joke. It's a total boondoggle. <laughs> boondoggle. I love it. You that. can see why Dom is one of the first pe first people I told about when I got this job 
because I feel like we feed off the same energy. Oh my God. Hey, I, I was just being an objective observer. I didn't even say that Yachty should be a first ballot Hall of Famer. No, you were just, reporting the facts. I just yeah. said I that he... I don't have a problem. You know what? It's fine. It, I, I understand. I, I know what the point you were making between Wainwright and Molina. I'm just trying to, you know, pull the curtain up behind this absolute sham that's going on. And frankly, in my mind, when I first heard the news, I said it's either got to go two ways. It's either Yachty should be forced to pay for Albert Pools' contract to go on this, you know, uh, merry-go-round uh, retirement tour, or he's doing it already because that's the only reason that Albert should be back. It's an absolute joke. It's a total Hall of Fame move. I might have gone on too long, but that's how I feel. <laughs> Fair you never no. can go on too long, Dom. Let's let's talk about the Cubs, all right? We, we, I we looked at this team, and yeah. a lot of people have talked about Nick Madrigal as the director of morale. Talk me into what piece of the future Nick Madrigal could be. Glue guy, glue guy, the guy that the Cubs didn't have for that whole run, going back to what we hoped. Uh, Nico Horner could be at the end of the, you know, golden era of the Chicago Cubs. I think you all have probably talked about before um, contact, uh, get the ball, get them over, get them in type guy, lay down the bunt when you need to scrappy type of guy. Margin for error is a little low. I mean, if he struggles, um, there's not a whole lot there considering the, the glove isn't great. Uh, consider it's not like he's this, you know, burner on the base pass. Uh, he's got to put the ball in play, and I think that's what he's obviously going to do. But hopefully the hits fall, and he's a guy who can hit over 300. You can get on base at least like 360, 370, per, uh, you know, average. Um, and then, you know, maybe hits a couple dingers here and there and plays average defense. But he's the glue guy. He's the guy when you're building up a team with potential, you know, Brennan Davises and, you know, some big boppers down the road. Cubs are probably going to sign a big, you know, free agent uh hitter in the future but you need guys that can you know keep the rally going keep the line moving and it's something that the cubs didn't have i mean i can think of a few guys like the chris coglins the dexter fowlers the um even some guys that we didn't give enough credit for kind of keeping the line moving like um who uh thinking of a few are Miggy montero played a big role in the in the playoffs like that so he's one of those guys but you know I'm glad to have him, but the margin for error is a little low, and uh, we'll see how it plays out for 2022. I don't know if people are going to be super excited about him in 2022. I think they'll be more excited about him when he has a better cast around him and his, uh, how would I put it, his glue skills kind of show out a little bit more. Dom, hot. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about you know keeping the lineup moving and keeping the order moving. I think, I mean, do, do you see a better option for like your typical leadoff hitter on this Cubs team? Like, you know, Madrigal's no, nine, they've needed yeah. one since, yeah. like he said, since Dexter yeah. left. We've been Not, looking for a leadoff yeah. man on the north side 92% contact rate since he came in the league, which, like, I think it was like it was number one, 100 as a like, number one of anyone that had 100 at bats. I mean, you talk about you know, Dexter Fowler yeah. was that glue guy at the top of the order, set the table. I think Nick Madrigal. Just with that contact rate alone, his, his his whiff rate, his strikeout percentage are so low. Also, like I think I don't think it's a better option to be your typical leadoff man. But I would like to hear your thoughts. Well, I kind of come from the school of thought where on base percentage is everything, and if you look at the numbers, and I'm assuming you all have, like he's going to walk like three percent of the time, and that's extremely low. So to me, I kind of see him more at the bottom of the order after you've gone through, you know, your big boppers. And maybe you get a strikeout in there because those guys are going to strike out more often than others. And then you have Nick coming up with hopefully, you know, men in scoring position. And then he can get him over. He can get him in, whatever it may be. So that's kind of how I see it. Um, but it's not that him leading off is a bad proposition. I'd rather have Nico lead off because I think he's a little faster. I think he's going to take more walks. I think he can hit for a little bit more pop. Um, but those two guys are huge. Um, and I think, you know, book ending book ending them uh, in the lineup would play a big role to any type of success this offense has. And considering, you know, I know I'm the director of morale. I know I'm supposed to keep it positive here, but looking at the lineup we have, it's going to have to fire on all cylinders if we're going to do anything on a consistent basis. I think that's a fair uh, assumption for what this uh, team can put together. So we'll see, but I'm definitely happy to have those two guys with some unique skills especially unique to the north side over the last whatever it is seven or eight years 
That's yeah. That's what I was gonna say, Cody. I just want to see somebody that's gonna make contact. Yeah, I mean, someone brought this up to me on Twitter over the weekend. Is like maybe he's like kind of like what Starling Castro was. <clears throat> like Starling Castro was part of a lot of those bad Cubs yeah, teams, sure. and and then like without chasing the butterfly in the field. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then like. I always felt bad for him in a way because, like, the Cubs traded him right before they won, but he was a part of building that next team. And Dom Inch's glue guy, like he, like he brought a lot of, you know, grit and I don't know, just fun. And also, like, he was clearly one of the better players on those rosters. I do think the Cubs roster is better than those 2012, 2013 teams, but uh, for sure, I don't know. I, I, I Rizzo get, doesn't I, have a walk-up song without him. Right, true, true. true. But I guess to me, it's that's probably the best outlook I've heard anyone say about Madrigal <laughs> at this point. And I don't know. It's to me, it's kind of I don't want to put Dom down for this, but like I just feel like there's more, there's more to it because we haven't really seen him. Like he true. he has 300 career yeah. at bats, and he's batted over 300 every level of his career that he's been at. Sure, the defense at this point doesn't look great but as far as a hitter there has to be more than what we've already seen and to me like I know we're kind of flooded with a lot of infielders right now but that's kind of what this year's for right we have to they have to evaluate who like if you can get 500 plate appearances out of magical this year and he bats over 300 and you know has an on base of 350 or whatever you're looking at that guy and you're like he's part of the future yeah and you're thinking he's more than just a guy that's going to get you to James Triantos or whoever. You know what I mean? Cody, My friends that are Sox fans today? were angry about it, that he was included. Yeah. Cody, who let you on set today with those shoes on? Oh, man. I thought you have to wear Jordans on set. Yeah, I know. Looks I, like the points bet didn't go this well this weekend. <laughs> no, but Don, 30 shoes. Don, I just want to go back. You said uh, <laughs> that you, like, the, you're top of the order guy. You come from the school. Like On-base percentage is the most important. Madrigal, he does have a 358. Yeah career on base percentage which not elite but it's still above average you want that to get higher obviously for your on yeah, for your for sure. leadoff hitter but he i think walk he'd really yeah go. and but then even cody kind of made the point he's got what 300 he's 300 at bat something like that career yeah. like he's still got plenty of room to grow and develop and i mean maybe it goes the opposite way and he starts striking out more and is not getting on base and then but then that's what this season is for is kind of developing because at least profile wise madrigal madrigal could be the leadoff guy, second baseman for those next great Cubs teams, if he develops and is, you know, raises that on base percentage. Everything I just said, I think he profiles as a guy that could be the leadoff man for a very good Cubs team. Uh, but then that's what this season is for, is trying to develop that and trying to see what you got. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to make something very clear. We better not see any games where Jonathan VR or Andrelton Simmons is taking at bats away from Nico Horner and Nick Madrigal. It can't happen. Like, I understand I you're, you know, they need a day off. But now, if you're, you know, if we're on the precipice of Wilson Contreras getting traded and, you know, we we made some moves in the offseason, like, now's the time, like you've been saying, to let's see Nick Madrigal for a full season. Let's see if Nico Horner can play a full season. Let's see if, you know, plenty of the other guys that we are probably going to talk about can you know have the year we're expecting and can change the way the Cubs offense looks compared to what it's looked in recent years even if we don't have all the you know big names or you know talent if you will that we hopefully will have in the future Tom that's why Corey and Cody have been so uh adamant about Jason Hayward's role on this team like he can't take it it's no oh, disrespect, like, but no. he can't take at bats from guys that you're trying yeah. to find out about in the outfield, right? Like, that's yeah, it's yeah. the same argument. Yeah, yeah. And I, and he's, I, a, he's a he's a fifth outfielder. Yeah, right. Yeah, fifth I mean, outfielder. I'm I mean, sorry, I, and I I had the sorry. Go ahead, Dom. Go ahead. No, he he's a fifth outfielder, and I have yeah. a history with Jason Hayward because, not to toot <laughs> my own horn, but I was one of the first people back in 2016. I know Cody knows what I'm talking about. Who. I was saying this guy isn't it, and I got murdered for it, and then I kind of just over the years just didn't care anymore because it's like this is what it is. You're going to get the same guy every time, and you can't tell me that Clint Frazier or Hermosillo or even Ortega, Ian Happ, like these guys need to show out and play. Jason Hayward, like 
he should be on another team. He's not meant for the Chicago Cubs. It's no disrespect, but he's a fifth outfielder here. And um, I, I don't know. I, I can't say anything other than that. Great teammate, great guy. Everyone loves him in the locker room, but he's just not meant for this team. And if I'm the Chicago Cubs and I'm taking this year seriously, even if you're not trying to compete, he's a DFA candidate because these at-bats this year are precious. They are very, very meaningful to figure out what we have, like you've all been saying, for the next, you know, 23, 24, 25 Cubs. Yeah, I mean, it's just Hayward's situation is just very unfortunate at this point. Well, he does everything. He does everything right yes. off the field. He's right. the leader that you want. You know, he's the guy in the in the community that you want. Right. He was a big part of 2016. He's done everything. Yeah. He's willing to move to center field. He does everything a fan and franchise can ask of a player, but he's not the player they need him to be on the field anymore. So now it's you're looking to the future. And it and like you said, like if it's coming down, if you're gonna tell us that if you're gonna tell Cubs fans that Wilson Contreras has to be moved for prospects because you're looking at the future, well, then this the, the other side of the coin has to be that Jason Hayward has to be playing way less or DFA or whatever, whatever the situation, he, he can't be playing regularly yeah. at Wrigley Field this year. Yeah, and that's what we talked about the last time with, with Rafael Ortega. Like as much as you, you know, you like what you got out of him the last couple months or last few months of last year. And it's probably would be best for Rafael Ortega to be on the opening day roster on the 28 man roster. It just like, hate like Hayward and Ortega are like kind of in the same, like they're both lefties probably going to platoon with, with uh, Hermosillo or whoever else gets put in center field. But you, I mean, it's just too hard to kind of, yeah. to, to, you can't, I mean, you can't DFA Hayward. I mean, I guess you can, but they right. won't. The Cubs won't. I mean, I think Hayward would willingly be a bench. I don't know that he'd be happy about it, but he would, if Rossi said, you know, we're, we're right. going with anyone else, but it's just like, the, there's not a lot enough room on the roster to have yeah. both of those guys and just, uh, you know, and make sure Hayward gets on the field. Like this is not like the situation is murky, and I get why. I mean, yeah. The reason why I say it's unfortunate, it's like Hayward had his worst season as a Cub last year, and everything that came with last season that did not help. I know he was hurt last year mm -hmm. and everything, and kind of like what Dom said, you know, he wasn't good. Where he wasn't living up to the contract, you know, in sixteen, seventeen, but somewhere in that, somewhere in the middle of that, like. 19 and 20. I mean, in 2020, he was the best hitter the Cubs had outside of Ian Happ for those 60 games. Um, and then in, in 19, he yeah. was, you know, probably 19 was probably his best season as a Cub. But like, like, that's why I'm saying it's unfortunate is like he had a bad season last year. I feel like he's deserving of like the opportunity. It's just where the Cubs are as a team right now. It just doesn't make sense. You don't want to give away opportunities from Hermosillo or or Hap, especially Ian Hap, whenever, you know, he's more important to the team right now than Jason Hayward. If it I comes think. down to one of those two, it would make more sense baseball-wise for a team that's retooling or rebuilding or whatever you want to call it to play Ian Hap. I right. mean, that that's that yeah, just makes sense. That. I'll agree with that. Right. Yeah. I don't think that's super controversial to say that. No, not at all. No, it's not. But you got to be careful what you say because there's a lot of people that – love Jason to death. And again, I know we've, we've listed all the adjectives on why, you know, he's great for the team, but it's just, it ain't it anymore. It's not like we've done this too many times this year. What number seven, this is too long. Like it's, it's, it's time. Well, yeah. I'd like to see, you know, I, he should be welcome back to Cubs convention, all those things. I'd love to see him be part of the organization, maybe on, even on Rossi's coaching staff, yeah. but I don't know that playing, uh, center field every day is going to be the answer. And I don't know that the Cubs think that's going to be the answer, but I guess we're going to find out in about a week. Yeah, we'll yeah. see. Uh, in about 10 days, we're going to start to find out yeah. what they think of the situation. Yeah, we'll see what Rossi uh, decides to do with his lineup by then. Dom, last week on Friday, we talked about, like, the roster, and uh, we went over Jordan Bastion's, like, 28-man uh, roster or whatever. Obviously, there's two guys out. Who are the two guys out for you? I'm assuming Hayward's one of them, but who's the other one? Or if, if it's not Hayward, who are your two? Um, I, I mean, I, yeah, I don't, I don't see Hayward. Um, my other guy who I'd be kind of nervous. Of, I mean, the whole Andrewson Simmons VR thing, like 
I guess how many how many infielders do you need? I, kind of what I was going back to earlier. It's like I I have a really hard time if again if you're not going to compete and you're you know this is what it's going to be and you're going to see see what happens like. I want to see Nico Horner and Nick Madrigal play every single day. They, they shouldn't be taken out. And, again, I would have a different perspective if the Cubs were to go after Carlos Correa or if they were a little bit more aggressive in free agency and they were, you know, actually trying to get up to that $200 million payroll uh, threshold, then I'd feel differently and I'd say, all right, we need as many guys. But now it's like if we're just – I don't want to say thrown in the towel, but if we're just rolling the balls out, then – I need to see the the um, Brendan Davises, Madrigal, Horner. Like, those guys need to have every single opportunity they can. Clint Frazier, um, you know, I don't know if Hermosillo falls under that same category, but it's just my way of saying, listen, if this season is going to go, I don't want to say down the drain, but if it might be a lost season, it can't be a lost season for each individual player on the roster. It has to be meaningful for the guys that we need in the coming years. No, agree yeah. agree with all that. Um, and I think of that group of players that, and there's a pretty good sizable group that you're trying to figure out what they are. To me, I still think Frazier is the guy that has the highest ceiling. Like if if you, as a Cubs fan, are wishing for one of them to come through this season, Frazier would have an upside. I think that's higher than the others based on age, based on. Uh, you know, where he was drafted, all of those things. If if one of those guys can come through, uh, put your hopes on Frazier because he has the highest ceiling to that group. And 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 that's why he's got to play a lot. Yeah. And if that means that it's got to be in left exactly. field, then that means Hap has to be over in right field. Right. Or somewhere. Right. Yep. Or DH. Or DH, <laughs> but he's got to be out there. Yeah. Right. So, um. Yeah, no. I, this, if, even if we're not going to compete, it cannot be a lost season. Yeah, you have to come out of the season with like answers to some questions. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> and that, that's what we're talking about. Twenty twenty two has got to be this. And that's when we when we brought up you know, why I think Brennan Davis won't be up that early. Why some of these other you know young guys that are, everyone's excited about in the system won't be up earlier than the second half if they come up this year at all. It's because you have a bunch of guys on the rosters with question marks that you want to see what you got, you know, the Cubs want to see what they have in them too. And that's, again, there's so, only so many roster spots, only so many opportunities to go around in 2022, which is why you think about, and then the, and then the just the pessimistic side of it is like, these guys aren't going to be on the roster. There's Rafael Ortega's and Alfonso Rivas's and all these other minor leaguers won't be up for a long time for maybe not this year at all, just because there's only so many opportunities you can give right. to a bunch of, you know, to try to find answers to some question marks. All right, I want to get to something that, yep. you know, I've talked about with almost every person I've interacted with today. <laughs> and that, it doesn't have a ton to do with baseball, but the Oscars thing last night does have a little something to do with the Cubs in that Marcus Stroman actually tweeted about it, and he's been supportive of Will Smith for s slapping the face of Chris Rock, uh, saying so much respect for Will Smith. Don't let anyone talk down to your family making jokes about the autoimmune disease alopecia that Jada has been open about should never be tolerated. Protect your people at all costs. I love Marcus Stroman, and I love that he's out there putting out his opinion. I respect the opinion. Personally, on this one, I would love to have a discussion just about it because I don't, I, I'm totally the opposite side. Dom is the director of morale. I'll be the director of moral and say you can't slap somebody. You, I, I was watching it and I thought to myself, I can't wait to see what athletes are going to say about it on Twitter. And I knew Stroman would be one of the first ones. And again, I hope he has a great season and I, I love his openness. And, and that's what you like about a, a player that goes out and tweets. But I'm watching it and I'm thinking, first of all, I thought it was fake at first. <laughs> and then as someone else pointed out, I knew Chris Rock couldn't act. So I thought, well, okay, that's real. And, and then you're watching it and I'm like, wait mean, even let's just let's just take the fact that it was a bad joke by Chris Rock. It happens. He made a bad joke, maybe even had ill intentions with it. You know, there were ways Will Smith could have addressed it. He could have just yelled at him the way he did. Keep your wife's name out of my mouth. He could have confronted him afterwards and discussed it like two grown men. Instead, he went up and assaulted a guy who luckily for him didn't press charges. Like there's, 
there's no there's no defense to that. Yeah. No. The only way you go up and slap somebody is you're defending yourself. Or yeah, yeah exactly. Get off my They're lawn. showing the graphic. Get off my lawn, Grandpa stuck me. The only you're telling kids <laughs> it's good to go up and just slap some guy because he made a joke. No, that's not cool. This is they, and they then they stood there. He's, he's they, not on. only did they let him stay there at the Oscars, which up to this point had been irrelevant for about five years, they let him stay there. And then they gave him a trophy, let him make an acceptance speech, and gave him a standing ovation as a quote unquote hero. <laughs> you can be you can be totally supportive of people who suffer from alopecia for sure. And of your wife without going up and punching a guy in the face with an open hand. Like what? Yeah. I just thought it was crazy. And so yeah. I was I was sort of stunned that that was the reaction that Strowman took, but I would be curious to have a deeper conversation with him about it because uh, I don't get it. Dom, congrats on being part of the first uh, Grandpa Stucky rant <laughs> of the sh- of uh, of our short podcast this history. It's like the lowest moment <laughs> no, of the I, Oscars. No, I agree. I, I agree. Right? You yeah. Can't... No, I agree. I, I think I... Uh, for as someone who, um, you know, has myself talking about running through the outfield wall and and at Wrigley and being all tough you know you can't you can't promote uh violence against someone and then be celebrated for it I think not not saying it's a greater conversation but um I think Cubs fans are probably should probably get used to Marcus Stroman speaking out whatever is on his mind um and you know he has his opinion that's fine but don't be surprised if it's going to offend or ruffle any feathers. And we'll see how that plays out as the Chicago Cub. This is not going to be the first time this happens. Sure not. Like, and like everyone's been saying, like, obviously respect that Marcus Stroman has an opinion. I respect that he wants to give that opinion to the world. But it's just like when he's, you knew it was something was going to come out, regardless of whatever side he was on, just based on how, like, like how, just how much he's on social media. And I'm like, I was just like, I think I, I didn't put the, yeah. the, the, the notification alarm on, but I'm like, I can't wait to see what like Strowman says. Cause I knew he was going to say something. And he's oh. not the only one that's, no. only, he's not the only person I've come in contact with that are like, Oh yeah, that was great. I mean, Stephen that's a. what you should do is smack and I'm like, what? Yeah, Stephen <laughs> A. Smith is on, on your side. Yeah. He put a, a long rant about side. that. I mean, you can't, all I'm going to say is that you know, taking that slap and just not like, like not reacting negatively. I mean, he, he reacted like Chris Rock. Like, you mean? Yeah. Chris Rock taking that slap and like, just not even not going after Will Smith, not saying like anything, like like letting the situation die while he was still on stage. Yes. I mean, kind of respect for Chris Rock Profes- for that. For that, he part. was a professional. For even even if he was mean and spiteful with a joke on purpose, yeah. But even if that was the case, I was impressed that he took a punch to the face and still handed out the Oscar. The slap, slap punch, slap. whatever it was. Yeah. I'll tell you right now that 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 was a lot harder than what Kendall Gill did. to to Tim Doyle, <laughs> way way harder than yeah. that, and that 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 got a guy fired at some point. Like, yeah, you can't I mean, yeah. on live television. You can go up and slap a guy, right? Yeah, I mean, I think just I think Chris Rock just like did that. <laughs> he was like, I was like, did that really just happen? Like, yeah, yes. And I I will say like we've seen it's funny because I'm a little hypocritical. We watch sports and we cheer and go crazy when guys do things. Malice at the palace was a point where you realized, okay, that's not cool, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> But then, you know, you're watching Michael Barrett at one point punch A.J. Brzezinski. And we're like, well, that was all right. And people are going crazy in their shirts. And yeah, <laughs> but this was <laughs> this wasn't this wasn't a sporting event. This no. was a comedian making a joke. Right. So I guess my question to you guys, what in baseball gets you so hot? that you're on the border of doing something stupid. <laughs> oh boy. Oh man. You want to go? What, what about the game of baseball or the Cubs? Like what we just, we talked about Wilson Contreras a little bit, but like what gets you so hot that you're like, you, you lose control of what you're doing. I was gonna say in the, in the press box, man, like when, when the umpires are reviewing something and they <laughs> just make a call and don't even tell us what the call was. And we have to like guess about it. Oh, that gets me so hot. I'm only half serious about that, but that's like one of those things I'm like, but that's do a, a thing. Though. Do what no. the NBA does. They go wrap to the camera and say exactly what's going on. I yeah. want that because that helps me do my the job. The amount of times Shambi has said that on a broadcast at, last year was oh, at yeah. least 10 times. Yeah, I'm not going to go slap. Times. I'm not going to go slap anyone because of it, but I'm like, I yeah. need the help. It makes it helps my, me do my I don't job. Like, I don't like when there's, and this is a popular opinion, but like the unwritten rules being broken and then they're going to throw at someone. Like 
when are we going to see Fernando Tatis take a fastball to the shoulder and miss three months because somebody got their feelings hurt? That's like, one, you know, Jimmy. it's that's bullshit. Uh, instead, <laughs> he just rode a motorcycle. Um, <laughs> yeah, for me, uh, I think it's not really a thing anymore because they banned it, but the shift was always the worst. Mm. I hate the shift. Uh, clip this. I, I, we going through this again. Go, gonna do this ranting again. about the shift, and he said, "Shift." The, the shift is the war is the worst thing in baseball. I hate the shift. It's only good whenever it benefits the Cubs, and that's it. When it, it when it hurts the Cubs, it's the worst. I hate the shift. I'm glad it's gone. Um, yeah. End rant. Dom, what you got, man? Two things, Yadier Molina being considered first ballot Hall of Famer and the Ricketts family uh, less than 500 days after saying biblical losses is out trying to buy Chelsea FC. I, 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 <laughs> that, that will not get me more fired up than being told that the organization does not have any money, being told verbatim that baseball and business operations are being cut at this very moment while the owner of the Chicago Cubs and his family is trying to purchase a Premier League soccer team. It's an absolute joke. Um, everyone I talk to, they'll, they'll talk around it and say, well, it's not really going to affect the Chicago Cubs. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. It absolutely will. His investment across the street, the hotel across the street, the uh, all the other stuff across the street and in Wrigleyville clearly affected their uh, ability to add on to the core in 18, 19, 20, 21. This will obviously affect the Chicago Cubs in a similar way. Um, it drives me crazy. I feel like I could be even more <coughs> animated about it, um, but it's just it, it's 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 just lying to Cubs fans' face. That's all it is. Just lying straight to their faces about the money and the finances and everything that goes on uh, with this organization while you're trying to, you know, buy a soccer team. It's a joke. He makes a good point about the lying to the fans' faces because I said that about the whole Wilson Contreras saga last week. Well, that's, it's going to be yeah, tough to yeah. explain if they do it. Yeah, if they if they do trade him, that's going to be another tough PR day for the organization. Like, yeah, you can't say you're going to be competitive and then trade one of the top five catchers in baseball right you, well, you, you can, can yeah. but it's going to be and tough I to know, explain i know i know everyone around the organization they cringe when they hear the word rebuild they cringe when they hear the term uh reload or retool is iffy but rebuild is something that will never be said again outside those walls outside the federal or from inside the federal landmark um but and I'm not saying Jed has to come out and do it, but like you need a little bit more transparency while they are actively trying to shop Wilson Contreras and they are actively refusing to discuss any contract negotiation, not even like a one-year deal, a two-year deal, not even like, Hey Wilson, how are you doing? What do you want to play for? Like none of that's happening right now. Uh, again, while Tom Ricketts and the Ricketts family are trying to purchase a uh, European soccer team. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. Frustrating is putting it nicely, man. I, I would say it's it's like <laughs> yeah. worthy of running through a wall or something with, with anger or something. You know what I mean? Like you speaking for well, that's why so many when people. I heard you guys talking about. Yeah, when I heard you guys talking about pools and Molina, like I just haven't had the um motivation to to talk about the Cardinals while I feel like we still need to clean up our own home. We need to clean up our own living area right now as Cubs fans speaking to the organization, speaking to ownership. We have bigger fish to fry regardless of with the Cubs being competitive or not, regardless of them signing Say Suzuki and Marcus Stroman or not. Like we have stuff right now that we have to figure out really before we can move forward because I find it very hard to find any positive positive aspects of four generational Cubs coming through the Cubs system, coming through the minor leagues, doing everything they have to do to win this organizational World Series, to make this team relevant, where they are having an incredibly hard time to re-sign. Some were offered fair deals, but some weren't. And that just doesn't bode well for future Cubs 
and then obviously prospective free agents in the future. So, Dom, I'm just trying to clarify your your stance on it. You're not saying they had to re-sign the entire core. You're just saying bits and pieces of that core, whether it's one guy, two guys, three guys, four guys, some of the core, it's it's not like they're bad baseball players. And and I understand like what you're saying, some were offered fair deals, but it will be strange if the only players to be extended are Kyle Hendricks. And then I thought it was going to be Wilson Contreras, but it doesn't look like that. Like that doesn't that seem would, like it right it now. It would be very odd that none of the position players, it's not like they all became bad baseball players. Right. Like you, yeah. you would at some point yeah, you do no. have you do have to overpay for one of your own guys sometimes. Yeah. Right? I, yeah. yeah, and and like I, think, I said, yeah, I think it's yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, where where ahead, I'm coming Dom. from is more that is more that it is professional negligence to not sit Wilson Contreras down at this moment in time. And who I just talked to the other day said there is absolutely none of that happening. They haven't even asked what we want. They haven't even asked you know, what, what side is going or, or what one side wants compared to the other, like no negotiations are happening. And it doesn't matter if you don't want to resign him fine, but at least have the decency to say, all right, Wilson, like, what's the deal? What do you want? Where are we at? How can we help you? How can we accommodate you? The same thing for Chris Bryant. I mean, I think the fact that Chris Bryant left on the terms that he did, and we're still weary about, you know, was there the $200 million deal that Cap put out? I know there are a few people on Twitter that will defend Chris Bryant to the grave to say that that never happened before. Um, we need more clarity. I don't think we'll ever get that clarity as fans, but it definitely leaves a bad taste in the mouths of these players because I talk to them. I know this is what they're pissed about it. They, they don't like that this went on. They don't like that, you know, Wilson Contreras is being left out in the rain or being left out to kind of whatever play out this, you know, last couple games or last couple months with the Chicago Cubs and not at least being at not having the chance to at least explain his side and explain what he wants because he's a Chicago Cub and he's been a Chicago Cub for like 14 years. It's crazy. He was 15, I think. I mean, yeah, 17. I do find it odd that they're not having any conversation with him because there has to be a price where you're like, that would work for us, and you can still be part of the next great Cubs team, as they like to call it. Yeah. Um, I think they run the risk of doing something that the Bulls did, which was the Bulls let those guys go, and then none of them wanted to come back because of they, you know, they couldn't get free agents to come here because guys like Michael and Scotty and some of the players were out there telling people they don't treat guys the right way. Chicago doesn't do it the right way, and it. I'm not saying the Cubs do that. I'm just saying you don't want that to be the narrative that starts to spread around Major League Baseball. You don't want your core guys, someone who's the obviously the emotional leader of the team now, to go out with bad feelings. You don't want Chris Bryant crying when he leaves. You don't want Rizzo to say, I have no regrets over not signing the deal. Um, they have to be very careful, and it's a, it's a tricky road, and that Jed Hoyer is going to have to go down here with all of this because you have to make sure if they do send him packing Wilson Contreras and maybe they get back two great prospects. I don't know. I'm just saying you have to be careful of the narrative that will start to spread throughout major league baseball, because sooner or later you're going to want to sign big, a big name free agent. And the first question that guy's going to have is, well, what happened after 2016? And that's just a realistic view at it. Yeah. Like, that's got nothing to do with what offer was made to each guy. I'm just saying that has to be taken into consideration because the worst thing you can do as an organization for free agency is get a bad rap going around the league about the way you're doing things. So yeah. be careful. I mean, and to, to Wilson's credit, uh, when he was at after the arbitration stuff, the 22nd, whatever day it was last week, and he got asked about it. And like, to, again, to his credit, he's like, I get it. Like we just, you know, we just came off the lockout. They have to fill out the roster. I, I kind of get why. I haven't been approached about extensions because they're doing so many other things. So to his credit, at least publicly, he's like, the Cubs aren't doing me dirty is, mm -hmm. is what he's kind of saying publicly. But at the same time, it's like, well, what he doesn't want to do contract extension talks during the season. He said that he, so which means you have 
10 days, whatever it is, 10 days till, <laughs> till opening day. And then you go in, you have whatever his arbitration number is going to be. Um, you have that one year contract and then you, you, unless he goes back on what he wants, then you're not going to have any extension talks till the off season. And at that point, are the Cubs going to run the risk in July of letting him walk for nothing? Yeah. I don't know. It's and that's basically coming down to like yeah. what they decide in July, man. Like, and it's going to be real interesting if the Cubs fuck around and manage to hang around in the division race or wild card and, and it's late June, early July, and, and they're hanging around. Yeah. It's going to be real interesting to see what the Cubs do because kind of like what they were Luke lucky said, last year when they yeah. went on the losing streak. Otherwise, it would have been real dirty. Exactly. Like, I know, Luke, you believe that, we've, and we've talked about this off air, you believe that no matter what they were going to trade those guys. I do. And that's that's fine. You can believe that. I just find it really hard to, like, actually take in that information and believe it as well. Like, that's such It would have been ugly. That would've it would have been, been ugly, but I think that they had made up their mind. They weren't re-signing the guys, and you have to get something back. And the only way to build the farm system was to trade those guys once you decided right. they weren't worth what they wanted. I get that. And so I think if they had a five-game lead in the division, I think they were going to trade those guys. They were at least going to trade the majority of them. Yeah. I, which again, is crazy, but... Again, yeah, it's just wild to really think about if they would have actually done that or not. Oh, yeah. I'm glad that we didn't have to live through that. It was already bad enough the way that it was. Um, but... Yeah, no, I I think for Contreras, the way he's approaching everything, it's I mean, it's better than the other three guys in a way, the way that he's going about it. Um, so real quick from the four of us then, yes or no, Wilson Contreras will be on this team at the all-star break. Mm -hmm. Do you think he'll make the trade? I don't think he will. I, I think I, just the way it's gone now no the last chance. couple of weeks, I think he's gone. Is it at the at the trade deadline or the all-star break? Let's go trade deadline. Okay. After the after the trade deadline, will he be on the Cubs? Dom, what do you got? No chance. I don't see him making more than two months on the roster. Wow. No chance. That says a lot coming from you. <laughs> yeah, you're supposed yeah. to be boosting our morale. No way. Yeah, no way. <laughs> I want to believe in uh, Patrick I'm Mooney, sorry. man. I'm, oh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll play, I, I'll I mean, I, and I know not, not to cut off your answers. The one quick thing I would just want to say is Jed, along with what you were saying, Luke, about the narrative that, you know, the Cubs are going to have with free agency post the golden era of the Chicago Cubs. He also needs to understand that he's not Theo Epstein. He does not have the charm. He's not the speaker. He's not the former lawyer. He's not the guy that can bring, he's just not. And for, I've tweeted this so many times. He's a cut, throat businessman here's the offer take the offer or get out of my face that's how it works with jed and we've seen that happen for the last year with all these contract negotiations all the you know tension between player and ownership or player and uh front office this is how jed operates and 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 he has to understand that and hopefully have the wherewithal to see do i really want to be perceived this way and do I really want to go down this road of being cutthroat Bill Belichick, but I can't win like Bill Belichick? I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I wouldn't do it that way. I would be a little bit more. Um, I would be a little bit more understanding. I'd have a little better perspective on what I'm actually doing. But that's just me. Yeah. Give us a devil's advocate. Yeah, I mean, why, devil's why would advocate. he be on the roster? Do I, I? Do you believe he will? I think he will. Okay. Um, I you know I think. And and it all comes down to what they do in the next 10 days, I think, of what as far as contract extensions. Uh, I think, he, you know, I think he plays well enough that the Cubs want to have him back. You know, he sees the plan like maybe I just I just think there's a, a chance there where Jed and Wilson, they both do sit down and realize, like, hey, we want to make this long term, especially when you consider that the level Contreras of a, is as a catcher in the majors. I think that I think Jed and him kind of they sit down. They, they figure out that they want to do this and whether that extension goes into the regular season, you know, it, it could, if Wilson really sees like, Hey, they want to talk. I think, I think he's here. I, th I think he's on the Cubs in uh, when the trade deadline hits. And then I think he is, but I also think it also depends on where the Cubs are at as far as record wise, as far as what they're seeing from mm -hmm. all these other young guys that are on the team. I think <laughs> that also depends on how the rest of the season goes, but I'm going to say that I think Contreras is on the team.
listen, guys, I, I just said, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. I, I think this comes back to the same, you mentioned Theo, Dom, and, and that's, I'll say this till I'm blue. I believe that's why Theo left. It had nothing to do with the, in my opinion, this is just an opinion. I don't think it really had a whole lot to do with when he said, I'm leaving in 10 years. I need a fresh start. It's not like he's out doing a ton of stuff. He's got jobs, but I don't think he wanted to make these decisions and tell these guys after talking through the organization, I believe he said, I'm not going to be, I don't want to be the guy that has to trade Rizzo. I don't want to trade. I don't want to trade Javi. I don't want to have to trade Wilson. I don't want to trade KB. You know what? I want to leave with good feels. Jed, here's the keys. Have fun. I'm out. I've done enough. Like, that's how I feel. I, it just smelled yeah. of that. Like he was like, absolutely. We're, 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 we are, that's, that is a rebuild that we would be doing. And, and I, I don't want to do it again. Yeah. I mean, it's tough hearing it from Dom saying that like, he thinks there's no chance, <laughs> but, uh, I am, uh, you know, no gonna, chance, Cody, no chance. No, I it, you the, need some consoling it, here. Yeah. I need some consoling, uh, with that, but I don't know, man. I, I think, you know, with the, as far as like rumors or whatever going on right now, we were just talking about over the weekend was Bruce Levine that said that there was chatter. But then a few days before that, Patrick Mooney said that they're that they haven't been in talks with anyone regarding it. I, I don't know. I think it's and Patrick Mooney is a great reporter. Right. Yeah. And they're they're both good at what they do so no Bruce. matter what. So to me, it's just kind of like right now. There's we don't truly know. So to me. I, you know, the Cubs, they have to know this. They have, like, they can't be this stupid. They can't be this stupid to go and, and, like, just not safe base with the fan base with everything they've already done. Like, they, there has to be one thing that they can give the fans. They think that they've given the fans what they want when it comes to Marcus Stroman and, and Seiya Suzuki. And yeah, those are great, but they, they know that the, that the fans want Contreras to be around. And I'm not saying you should re-sign Contreras just because of what the fans want, but his position in particular, it's not like you can find another guy that talented at that position. You know no, what it's I mean? Tough. It's so tough. it's to me, it's like, you know, not only are you gaining some trust back with the fan base if you find a way to keep this guy around, but you're also setting the team up for the future. I just you know, maybe I would maybe consider it a little bit more if Amaya was going to be ready, but he's going to, he's having Tommy John. Like, I don't even know if he's had it yet. Like there's like they, Jan Gomes is, is a nice backup. He's not going to be your, your starting catcher for a good team. I, I don't, I just don't see it at this point. I mean, you, you, you said, can, can, can I interject here and give, <laughs> sure. Go ahead, man. Interject and give a little bit of positivity considering I know that's what you're looking for. If there's one position, and I know there's going to be people that disagree with me, but if there is one position you can skate by with a defensive catcher, a special, or I'm sorry, a defensive first player with the DH now, it's catcher. All you need at catcher is a guy who can handle the pitching staff, block baseballs, and frame, call a good game, all that type of stuff, which is more cerebral, and you don't necessarily need the talent. We've seen other World Series teams or competitive teams. We saw the Astros last year with Maldonado. You know, just have a guy who can handle the staff, have the DH handle the hitting situation. He hits at the bottom of the order. That's how it goes. I, I, I just think Jed views it from that perspective, and it's not worth paying uh, what easily could be 110 to 115 dollars $15 million for Wilson Contreras. And when you start talking those numbers, as much as I love Wilson, as much as I appreciate what he's done, I get that side of the argument where it's like, all right, it's not worth it. What I have issue with is the fact that they're not saying it to his face and they're not having the conversation to his face and the people he cares about, his agents, whatever it may be. That's my issue. It's not that they're not willing to pay for it. It's the fact that they're not willing to have the discussion and tell him in person. It's a good point. Good yeah, point, yeah. Nam. Uh, hey, if you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us continue to grow is to download the Points Bet app and use the code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to two grand, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you get a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. You even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. Any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com and we will help you out. 
And in case you missed it, online sign-up available in Illinois. You can download the PointsBet app right now and register your account start to finish all from your phone, even my phone. You'll be signing up with the fastest sports book, easier than ever now. Start living your bet life in seconds. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, quickly before we let Dom go, we've been going through each position and where the Cubs rank in the division, we think. Today's position is first base. We just set the Cardinals fans on fire by putting Yachty dead last in the division for catcher. It was not a popular decision among St. Louis fans. Yeah, they can suck. It. So let's start at the bottom of the division this time and say, who has the weakest first baseman position? I would say it's the Pirates. Yeah. It's Dan- uh, Daniel Vogelbach. Yeah, it's Vogelbaum, which I, I had high hopes for him once as a Cub. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because I mean, he was in Milwaukee last year. Yeah. Got that. I think it was a hamstring injury in midseason, and then they picked up who their first baseman is now. Um, but yeah, I mean, Vogelbach, uh, I'm not even gonna lie, he's, he's like for a like a if you're putting him last place in the division of first baseman, like a, it's, it's kind of a good like little bar for where first basemen are. It I, is, but there's a lot of good first basemen, yeah, like it's a are. position where you can get a star player That's pretty true. easily. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll be interested to see how the Pirates play use first base moving forward because Vogelbach, I mean, with the DH now in the NL, oh, he, I mean, he should be doing that more yeah, than anything, yeah, but. True. A loss. I mean, he's he just hasn't been good since 2019. Right. So that's right. why he's at the bottom of this list. So we put Milwaukee sec next at fourth, right? Rowdy. And Rowdy then Tellez. and then we go to the Cubs and Frank Schwindel at third. Dom, what do you think of uh, Frank Schwindel going into this season? Uh, besides the fact that he's not a real person, he's a former video game character. I think he's got to play every single day. I love the fact that he puts the ball in play. I love the fact that he's scrappy. I love the fact that he can work in that bat kind of like Anthony Rizzo. I love the fact that he's simply a grinder who was in the minor leagues for years and kept hitting and hitting and hitting and hitting. It was in every single organization that had a legit first baseman like the athletics, like the tigers, like the Chicago Cubs. And finally he's getting his chance. I, I hope he continue to prove me wrong who thinks he is from uh, MVP Baseball 2005. The people that follow me know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, and I hope he can continue to prove that he can be part of potentially the next great Cubs team. I think there's a, a way for him to do that. And, uh, you know, good, wholesome guy. He's hanging out in people's garages for Christmas. Like he's, you know, living on the south side at some, you know, whatever, uh, just neighborhood party wearing ridiculous clothes. If you saw that over the winter, um, it, it's all good stuff. Uh, good guy, and uh, yeah, I think third's a, a very fair place to, to rank him uh, in terms of NL Central first baseman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Schwindel, I mean, I, a lot of people, just like Patrick Wisdom, kind of like... What if he does it again this year? Well, yeah, yeah, like, we'll, but the th- that's the thing about we'll Frank Schwindel is like he hasn't had a down point. Like, he, yeah. like the league still hasn't figured uh-huh. him out yet. Yeah, so so. We'll, we'll have to see, I think, third for not knowing if he'll have that down point, how he'll, how he'll bounce back from that. I think third is perfect. Should we just get the last two up there real quick? Yeah, then we did Goldschmidt and the Cardinals second, and that's because, to me, Joey Votto is still the benchmark that yeah. you put for the First ballot Hall of Famer. If there's any first ballot Hall of Famer that we're talking about today, it's definitely Joey Votto. More I, that, than uh, Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina, that's for sure. That for that sure. July, or was it that? Yeah, that, that mid-summer run that Joey Votto went on was just unbelievable last year. I covered a few games in that, and it was – yeah, like it was like if he's a Cubs was killer nuts. too. It was nuts. But it's like he's the one Cubs killer that I'm like, God, <laughs> like I hate you, but I respect you so much. Like you don't get that with like Ryan Braun or in Christian Yelich. Uh, I know how Dom feels about Christian Yelich. Um, in, in other players. <laughs> All right. Um, hey Dom, we really appreciate you coming on today. We don't, you know. We don't take it lightly having someone of your ilk on the podcast. Like it's impressive. We appreciate it. Would you be willing to come on like a post game show, maybe at some point this season, uh, talk with us again? Absolutely. You know, bring the morale. Bring some. Bring Absolutely. some of the morale blend. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, you guys know it. I appreciate you guys having me, and uh, I know I've to- told Cody this. Uh, in private, but I'm, you know, congratulations to you all who have, uh, you know, had this new opportunity 
and are doing all these great things. And for your company that's investing in content creators and media personalities, I think it's fantastic and uh, credit to you all. I think it's a great opportunity and you all are going to do great things with it. So I, I wanted to make sure I said that before I left, but thank appreciate you again it. for having me. I appreciate that for sure. That's all love, man. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. And uh, we will talk to you soon. Uh, thank you for dropping by the CHGO Cubs podcast. Thanks to our great guest, Dom Frederick, the director of morale for the Cubs. Tomorrow, comedian Joe Kilgallen will join us for the pod in studio. Until then, go Cubs, go. Keep your head up and fly the W.